Hello, hello, it is Justin with another day in the life of a real estate investor, and it has been a day, my goodness, um, not really totally life-changing day, but, but yeah, in some ways, um, it's just not always the same kind of life change or progress or improvement, so you really got to be in it for the long haul. And it's a marathon, not a sprint, though there are times that it really feels like you are sprinting because you are, because doing a deal, uh, there's a lot of upfront kind of work uh, and lots of inspections and things like that oftentimes. So uh, it can feel like there's a lot of work for a while. And then there's maintenance stuff that comes up. There's just different kinds of progress, um, you know. So today, uh, well, and another kind of progress of the acquisition, which is what I love. I love acquiring and getting a new place or searching for a new place. That's what I love. I love talking to people about those places and investing. Uh, But you know what? A day where you schedule a new HVAC uh, system to be installed that will give you, you know, 15, 20 years of life and not having to probably repair that for maybe the entire time I own it or uh, in a long time. That is awesome. Peace of mind, right? Uh, which is exciting. Uh, uh, I used to not really get excited about that kind of stuff, but I do now because it's going to save money in the long run. And that's great because our new property we got in Hollywood, California, it was a fixer upper in the sense that it looked nice, but underneath there were some things we had to do. So one of that is getting a new HVAC system installed. Um, So we're getting that done uh, this week, which I'm excited about. And also spent some time today on bigger pockets. Uh, honestly, I uh, in the early days was on bigger pockets all the time because I was like, holy crap, what am I doing? Let's talk to a bunch of people. And then I got active in the actual process myself and uh, was really uh, focused on just the deals themselves and didn't wasn't really too active for a while. And then, uh, and then as questions come up, uh, now that I own a couple properties, you know, now I'm a bit more engaged and, uh, and these days pray even more so. Uh, so now responding to some messages, setting up some calls, uh, with some people, I'm meeting through that, through there, had someone reach out to me, uh, just yesterday. Uh, someone else who moved from another big city to come to Columbus, um, and which is exciting. It's fun, you know. You put your profile out there, you put your story out there, and people can find you and reach out to you, which is really cool. You know, similar goals and being able to connect with people. It's fun, uh, and that was some of the stuff I did today. And now I want to talk about some more questions from listeners. Well, one particular listener who helped me get this podcast started in the first place, my unk. Thank you so much for all your questions. There are like 19 of them. I've gotten through, I think, one so far, but I want to get through uh, some more today. And 
you said in a question that I have friends in Los Angeles who've invested out of state. Uh, did they ever visit and did you help them and how did they do it? Uh, and so, yes, got friends in Los Angeles that uh, have invested out of state. Some have done it in the places they're from and so they knew that market and uh, and honestly, like I don't know a ton of people as far as my own personal friends and family that have invested out of state. I mean, I come from a family where there's actually a lot of people in real estate, but actually a lot of them, to my knowledge, don't actually own their own properties and don't actually do it as investors. It's more just their profession, uh, which I've really learned there's a difference uh, between people that are in real estate just kind of as their job versus those who are doing it as a, maybe as a job, but also as investor and doing their own deals on the side as well. And I find I, I obviously gravitate to people that are doing deals themselves uh, as well as being professionals. And, uh, and so you have to kind of ask around even. That's something you know, down the road I want to do more of. And as I post more and share more about the real estate deals I'm doing, I take it I will find more kind of friends and, and family that are doing deals. Um, and there you go. Ask around and see what people are doing. Uh, I would, But as far as helping, oh my gosh, I am so excited to help. And I'm in the process of, of basically searching for properties for some of my friends in Los Angeles. And it just brings so much joy to my heart to, to even just being someone that can help someone else achieve their financial goals. It is so funny that I'm saying that out loud. Literally, five years ago, especially 10 years ago, when I was you know, newly out of college and just starting my life, oh my gosh, I did not think about money. I avoided the topic of money. I tried to just give the little bit of money I had away to people, like charity. And obviously, I didn't have a ton of responsibilities either. So I didn't really have to have a ton of money. And it was just so different. So different. I kind of wish I was a bit smarter about money back in the day and thought more about it back in the day. But hey you live and you learn, right? So now I'm actually quite passionate about uh, talking to people about money, even though it's so taboo in our in our culture, which is weird because we're in a very uh, materialistic society, and yet it somehow is weird to actually talk about money. Uh, and it's not, money is not evil. I have learned the love of money, as Jesus said, is the root of all kinds of evil. Not all evil, but a lot of it. Greed and just wanting more for the sake of wanting more, which is different, <laughs> very different than I got a family to feed, uh, I work a lot, and I don't get as much time with my kids or to serve in the community as I would like and can make a more impact in the world. Uh, that is a good reason to think about money and to think about how to be smarter about it. Uh, you know, we're going to have this time on on the planet. We're going to be working each day in various ways. So might as well 
be working on stuff that's going to lead to a lot more freedom for us and for others. Yeah. So yes, very excited to help uh, people with their investing and going to be doing a lot more of that in the future. Uh, very funny question, uh, very just interesting. Uh, is a fridge in Ohio the tenant or landlord's responsibility? Honestly, I don't know yet. Uh, and I will need to ask about that. Uh, so far, I know at least the stove is. Uh, <laughs> that, that's a consolation uh, for you there. And, and it's not just about, is it your responsibility? But do you have connections on getting really good deals on stuff? So, so far, my manager is freaking amazing. He gets stuff like 70% off because it's oftentimes floor deals or liquidation sales and things like that. So he is well connected. He's got his own you know, people that do work for him you know, pretty cheaply and reasonably. And that is so so vital, so vital. Oh my gosh. And the more I, uh, time I have, uh, with the properties, the more, and the more I learn and re- and read and things like that, the more it is so true that management will make or break your margins and your profit. Uh, because the difference between paying, you know, uh, paying $300 for a, for a brand new stove on wholesale versus spending, you know, $1,400 uh, is so different and that will set you back so much more. And I think it's a little more than that. Uh, I think it was maybe four or $500, but it was so much less than what it would have been just because of the relationship and the connections that my manager has. So very important to have uh, really good management in place and not just people that don't really care and just are going to charge you, um, you know, uh, extra. So uh, not just knowing the laws and what's your responsibility, but, but having the right people in place who will take responsibility to save you money. Because uh, that's something I've, I've uh, read and heard a lot more is that you know, again, management pays for itself. Good management, quality managers will save you a bunch of money. It's, yeah, it's an expense, but man, a great manager I'm finding is so valuable and so vital to keeping the place in order, uh, get, you know, keeping it, it occupied and uh, the repairs. Just, there's just so much that they do that is so helpful. So make sure to really... Uh, find yourself a great manager and uh, let's see and next one is after per unit cash flow how much do you allocate for maintenance i.e. capex manager taxes insurance etc so for that is as a great question and the exact numbers and percentages I don't have off the top of my head but the um, I was thinking about this earlier too, though, is um, there's one way to do it. You could do it per month, right? Like I'm going to set aside 5% for CapEx expenses um, just every month forever. I think about it a little differently is I basically plan to not make money 
the first year. What do I mean by that? Is rather than saying, I'm going to have all this profit uh, this year and I'm going to use that, is more I'm going to save up. Uh, so, so an emergency fund for the property uh, and having those reserves in place for um, things that will come up. And I have insurance for the property and basically saving up an account that will cover up to the $10,000 uh, deductible that I have on one of our properties. And so I will have that uh, $10,000 savings in case something uh, fairly significant happens. And so that takes time to build up. So, um, so not just saying, oh, I just got a property and I got, I'm getting this money coming in, you know, as well. That's actually, in my way of thinking, going to go to savings, going to go to repairs, maybe some updates and improvements for the property in that first year, which is what I'm planning to do is once the savings are up is also going to be doing some improvements to the property and uh and and once it's a bit more stabilized as uh as they say then uh yeah then there's profit then there's investing you know those things into that money into other things and next question do you pay the water bill? Your preference on paying for that versus tenants paying? Yes, I do. Uh, it really, in many ways, depends on the property, uh, as well as how you go about you know, listing you know, the property and preferences for that too. So, uh, in my properties, it is all inclusive. The number, um, so the price for rent includes includes utilities which means I pay the utilities and uh, it's just built into the rent price. And one of the big reasons for that too is that the building is really old. It's like over 100 years old. And uh, it, is, it is not individually sub-metered. So it would cost a lot of money to put in uh, submeters for all the different units to track what every single person does individually. That would be a lot of work and a lot of money that uh, just really isn't worth it. So, uh, so yes, I have more expenses, uh, you know, per month for that, uh, be, or because of that. But, uh, but it's okay, and it's bec- because that's the nature of this property. If it was a, you know, hundred unit multifamily complex and it was all individually metered well that's a different story and and, and even a duplex it has you know, a sub meter um, for each unit then uh, you can be more specific about what people are doing so hey you're gonna pay for your utilities and there's different ways to go about doing that uh, that I've read about. Check it out on Bigger Pockets and just Google utilities and things like that, and you'll get different uh, options on how to go about that uh, as far as getting tenants to pay the more of the utilities. And and that's honestly something you can do if rents are below markets. Is saying hey. I'm um, going to be an extra, you know, 50 bucks a month. You know, a lot of people will be fine with another 50 bucks a month if rent has not been raised for a long time is kind of one way to think about it. And, uh, and whether that goes directly to 
paying the you know the water bill or or just an overall increase in income uh, in general, then uh, then yeah. But that is um, again another way to think about that. Let's see. Also, you've had a great conversation with a landlord after driving for dollars. They want to sell it to you. What are your next steps to make it in your name? Wonderful. So, uh, again, I have not had the direct experience like a wholesaler does of driving around and, you know, you, you know, it doesn't come from an agent. It doesn't come from a wholesaler. You're just just cold calling uh, somebody uh, and I've not actually had success with that yet. There are so many people that are so much more experienced and successful in that, i.e. successful wholesalers. And so Googling and researching a bit on uh, wholesaling, uh, if you're interested in that, uh, is great. And honestly, that's honestly the best way to get great deals is getting them off market. And a lot of people don't have the time and energy for that. But uh, who's to say that you can't be on your drive home uh, or just around town scoping out different neighborhoods on a regular basis and finding uh, potential off-market deals in those areas and just giving people calls, you know? And uh, there's no harm in that and it can be really helpful. And, uh, and I, I would encourage that. Uh, but the success I did have as far as landing the deal, getting it in your name. Uh, I actually was very successful with that, with the uh, properties that we have bought. It came from a wholesaler that my agents came in contact with and I you know, reached out to the agent and I uh, did, something, <laughs> I did something that they would probably not recommend and that was I showed up to the property. And, uh, and the owner happened to be there and to say, Hey, what's up? And can I help you? And he ended up giving me a tour of the property and we, uh, really connected and had a great conversation. And if I would have just kind of played by the rules, so to speak, and, uh, and just, um, you know, sat on, uh, or relied on my agent to set up a meeting or something. And really, that doesn't even happen, really. Like, actually talking to an owner um, of a property, it's one of the things I actually don't really like about um, working with professionals sometimes is that they actually remove you from the actual owners, right? And the actual sellers. You, you don't actually get to talk to them much or ever. Uh, they're just the seller uh, or the buyer. They're not an actual person. And I'm great with people. <laughs> so when I talk to someone, I connect with them, uh, they oftentimes like me because I care about people. I listen to them. I try to understand you know, who they are and what their needs are. And that's what happens and we really connected and middle of the way through our conversation he calls up his agent and says I want I want to sell it to this guy not to these other guys that I, I was planning to sell it to right so I basically brokered my own deal really I mean I, I got the lead uh, from my agent but I was the one that showed up I was the one that connected you know with the owner and I was the one that really got the deal done 
Uh, he, you know, my agent helped with the paperwork and stuff, but really, if it wasn't for me uh, taking that step and uh, faith and relying on my strengths and, and my confidence, then it would not have happened. So what does that mean for you? Maybe take some risks. Maybe don't just do what everyone else is doing. Maybe rely on your own gifts and abilities and experiences that uh, will guide you in the process. And don't just follow the carrot uh, or just follow what someone else is telling you to do. Uh, you utilize you know, people as resources and your and advisors as far as the professionals you're working with. But really um, go... But you got to take responsibility for getting that deal done, for uh, making those calls, for showing up, and the value of literally showing up, you know? Uh, walk around the neighborhood, check things out, talk to people, uh, get yourself out there. And uh, if you're out of state, then again, it's it's talking to people that are on the ground. You know, do Zoom calls and have them walk a property uh, via FaceTime and uh, have them show you stuff, ask questions, and uh, just take initiative, take responsibility for that process. Um, and last one for the day here is, do you have relationships with real estate agents? Do you use the same one or you network with various ones? Talking to realtors about investments of region. So yes, uh, to all the above is work with not just one, but multiple ones. Cause I am not just looking in kind of one little area, but multi, more of a regional an approach of central Ohio and because uh, I really follow great deals and areas. It's I'm honestly not just tied to kind of one street or one neighborhood um, as much as I do want to do more deals in like the neighborhood that I'm in. But if I just focus on that, um, that is also kind of limiting myself and the opportunities. And, uh, and so, yeah, I network with multiple agents in multiple areas and because they're going to get get leads on different deals, right? So kind of spreading out that net to see which deals come through um, and getting more opportunities. Awesome. So that is it for today. Thank you so much for joining me on another day in the life of a real estate investor. And I will talk to you next time.